This is Science by the Slice, a podcast from the University of Florida's Institute of Food and Agricultural Sciences Center for Public Issues Education. In this podcast, experts discuss the science of issues affecting our daily lives, reveal the motivations behind the decisions people make, and ultimately provide insight to solutions for our lives. Welcome to Science by the Slice. I'm Philip Stokes, and this is part two in our extended dialogue series. Dr. Andre Johnson grew up on a farm in rural Louisiana. His family raised cattle and grew cotton, corn, and wheat. Those early experiences growing up working in agriculture motivated him to pursue a career that would enhance the livelihoods of families like his who produce the food and raw materials we all rely on. At an early age, Dr. Johnson recognized that access to knowledge and resources was not equitable among all farmers. He saw that even though his family worked incredibly hard to produce commodities, that hard work was by no means the only factor limiting success on the farm. I think over time, particularly as it relates to diversity, equity, uh, inclusion, uh, access, justice, all of those different things, it's really creating this level playing field. Uh, how do we create that level playing field? In this second episode in our extended dialogue series, I spend time with Dr. Johnson in meaningful conversation about diversity and the ways he thinks extension can support farmers and all citizens to be productive throughout their lives. Dr. Johnson believes that in order to be inclusive and for the public to be receptive of extension, developing trust is critical. People need to view extension as a part of their own community and that it is made up of people that they can identify with. We want to create an environment uh, where you see yourself, which means that internally we want people to feel that they are important, that they are important. The work that they do is important. It's, it's valuable for the state of, of Florida and even beyond. Uh, that work is valuable. We appreciate that work. Uh, and we want people uh, externally, our stakeholders, to see themselves so that when you know, there is that level of trust that they can, that, that they can have in, in what we do. Dr. Johnson recently became the Dean of UFIFIS Extension and the Director of the Florida Cooperative Extension Service. In today's episode, I speak with Dr. Johnson about his experiences working and studying at land-grant universities, some of the changes that have taken place throughout his life, and how he sees Cooperative Extension meeting the needs of all the community members they serve. Well, Dr. Andre Johnson, it's so great to have you on the Pi Center's podcast, Science by the Slice. And we're talking about the topic of diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice. Um, I know a lot of times that's abbreviated as JEDI. Um, so I might I might call that JEDI uh, from time to time, just so we don't have to say it out every single time. But before we get into our topic and a little bit more about extension, um, if you could just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your position here at the University of Florida. I know you started uh, November 1st, right, of 2021. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Yeah. So just tell us a little bit about yourself. So I am originally from a rural town in Louisiana, grew up on a farm and went and did my 
undergraduate uh, work in Louisiana and in uh, urban forestry, consequently, and and then went on to do my graduate work in Pennsylvania. Uh, uh, after completing my graduate work, went to uh, served as a, a professor for a number of years, uh, teaching and also conducting research, and then moved to Mississippi, where I served uh, in, in an administrative capacity uh, over the research unit there, and then moved back to Louisiana, where I served again over over research in the uh, agriculture and food sciences, and then uh, after which moved to Penn State. Uh, moved to Pennsylvania, rather, and, and served as the associate director of uh, extension there before coming here to University of Florida. So it's been roughly two months now. So it's been a, a, a great learning experience thus far, really getting around the state and learning from uh, our stakeholders as well as our, uh, our faculty and learning of the, the amazing work that's been done in those capacities. So um, uh, it certainly has been exciting thus far. Well, great. Yeah. And we're uh, really excited to have you here. And of course, um, I'm excited to talk with you today and and get to know you as well as as you move on into your position. And um, I know there's so much uh, good stuff ahead. So, you know, you were just talking a little bit about your experience. And um, correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like every stop from the time you were in undergrad to now, you've been at a land-grant institution. Uh, is that correct? That is correct. That's correct. So I've been fortunate. Has been fortunate to spend literally my entire career at a land grant institution. Uh, smaller institutions, land grant institution, our 1890 institutions. Uh, I started my career there in, in Louisiana and in Mississippi before, as I said, moving into Pennsylvania, which is a 1862 institution, land grant institution. So it is is really been a wonderful ride, and I am a, a real product of the land grant system. Yeah, and um, I'm sure you've probably seen, like you said, you've been at a variety of institutions. Um, you've probably seen things change. So I guess kind of one of my first questions uh, for today is, um, I guess, how have you seen the roles of land-grant institutions change over time? And you can kind of answer that in in reference to diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice, but also just generally as well. Like, what have you seen uh, in some of the changes in these institutions and the goals and, and their roles in society over time. So when you really look at the land grant and the land grant mission, you can certainly see how those roles have changed. We've been really impacted by this continuous change, if you will. We're seeing change in demographics. We're seeing change as it relates to our uh, environment. And so all of that change is really creating uh, what I feel is greater opportunities for us to, to uh, as a land grant, system to to better serve, particularly as we think about uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, as well as justice, as we kind of think about in that, in that frame, there's a uh, an opportunity for uh, extension, an opportunity for uh, the land grant to really uh, become a part of that, to really help guide that. And, and, and we have certain strengths that I think others do not have. And, and because of those strengths, I think we're in perfect position to kind of lead some of those efforts, to be uh, really a part of that, to be a catalyst in some cases, uh, really facilitating conversation and bridging the gap. So I think Extension is in, is in a wonderful position to really kind of uh, take the lead, if you will, as it relates to, to some, of the, some of those things, those things that we've been challenged with for a number of years. 
I, I guess maybe my next question uh, going off of that is, how do you see extension continuing to meet the needs of communities? Because communities are changing and, you know, even production agriculture is changing and the urban and and ag continuum is changing. So how do you see extension kind of continuing to meet those needs just over time? You know, I think, I think extension has a wonderful model and that model is really uh, being embedded in our communities, really developing relationships uh, within those communities, really understanding the needs of those within those various communities. And I think as we continue to do that, uh, we'll continue to pull back some of the layers, if you will, uh, to, to really meet those needs. It's a great opportunity for us to, to co-create with our, with our communities and, and really bring to bear, if you will, uh, the power of connections, the power of the connection, whether it's the power of connection uh, in, in terms of our own network, the network of extension that that expands not only on, on the various universities, such as University of Florida, we have such a huge connection there, but also we have this huge connection across the country where we have other uh, units, extension units that are also doing work. So we have this huge network that we, all, we, we as we are thinking about uh, creating with communities and in and, and our various counties and stakeholders, we're really bringing to bear all of that information, all of that networking power, all of that brain power. We're bringing all of that to solve specific problems. Uh, and I, I think so uh, extension is so uniquely positioned because of all of our connections, because of the resources that we have to really, to really assist uh, in, in, in moving forward. Yeah, that's wonderful. And, you know, I, I can say personally, being a part of, of IFAS, um, yeah, I mean, that's one of my favorite things that I get to do and, and feel like we're a part of a larger community, state, and even national, um, kind of solving some of these challenging issues or just working together, connecting yeah, I think that's that's a, just a fantastic point. Getting back to um, kind of some of those uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, and justice issues, um, what does that mean to you personally over time, and, and how does that relate to your position here at the University of Florida? As I think about my experiences and and all of the experiences experiences that I've been uh, that I've gone through and walked through, uh, one of the things that really drew me to extension was uh, growing up and, and, and seeing my family, my, my father and, and uncles uh, are really working tremendously hard to produce uh, a crop year in after year in, and in many cases, not really having access to resources, not having access to information. And because of that, they, they could never really fully be what they were capable of being or, or producing what they're capable of producing because they simply just did not have access, did not have access to some of the programs and so on and so forth. So it was, a, it, it was this limitation. And so one of the things that even at a young age, I, I always knew that somehow I was going to work to deal with that, to come up with a solution for that so that others would not have the same issue. This is where extension plays a unique role. Again, really being in position to ensure that uh, uh, that all have access. Uh, so, in a broad scheme of things, that 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 also means that how do we create greater diversity in the workforce within 
UF IFAS, how do we create a greater uh, diverse workforce and not just a diverse workforce, but a, a workforce that is uh, inclusive, a workforce that moves beyond simple parity, uh, a workforce that is so diverse, is diverse and to, to the degree where we have different experiences and different ideas and different solutions that we all bring to the table. And we are all enhanced by those those differences uh, that will further enable us to be impactful uh, in our communities. Uh, and so this is uh, this is in essence what excites me and 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 we have a tremendous opportunity here in, in Florida. We've done a really good job. I, I think there's also an opportunity for us to even give, uh, do even more uh, as it relates to creating an, this uh, inclusive, diverse environment, if you will, both internally as well as uh, externally in terms of the stakeholders and our stakeholders in, in, in our efforts in terms of meeting them. Yeah, one of the things I, I think about as you're talking and in our discussion in general is how everyone just has a different lens and a different frame of reference. And it's, at times, it's it's hard to step out of that, right? You know? And so, you know, I like what you said, that when, when we have these different perspectives and experiences, we're enhancing, right? Where it's enhancing what IFAS can do and what Extension can do, and it, it kind of creates a bigger impact. So, yeah, no, I think that's just... Um, it's one of those things I think we got to recognize, but um, I think you just kind of hit on that great. How can an institution um, such as UFIFIS do more for the kind of those Jedi topics in ag and natural resources, right? So agriculture, natural resources, you know, as you mentioned with your personal story, historically maybe has not, there has not been the same amount of access historically. And so what can be done um, moving forward to promote some of that justice and inclusivity? I, I think there are a number of things that 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 can be done. I think one of the uh, the challenges that that many institutions, particularly as it relates to extension, have is creating that level of trust. Uh, and oftentimes that level of trust within uh, various communities that that uh, that is not there primarily because there's been a lack of consistency, uh, which means that and often there have been cases where we're in communities and we do maybe a project here and a project there, but it's not consistent. Uh, and because it's not consistent, there you never really build that level of trust. One of the things that I'm really very careful about is being this cookie cutter program, if you will, where we go into various communities and we almost force feed them what we want them to have. This is what we have. So we'll give you this. But that's not really meeting them where they are. They're not that's not addressing the issues and the challenges that they have It's simply doing an activity for the sake of activity, uh, but yet not meeting people where they are. It's important for us to, as an extension unit, to really meet people where they are, to meet them, to have those conversations, to build those relationships. Uh, and that building relationships require time. It requires us being a part of that community. It requires us really engaging and, and, and having discussions and open dialogue where we're creating uh, space for people to be who they are, recreating space for them to to grow in this process and, and and also for us to grow in this process. So I think that's very it's critical critical for uh, extension to really be a part 
to be a part of the the relationship building. Uh, I think that's critical as we as we move forward. In essence, extension right is a service right mm-hmm. to the community, and and I guess the word I th- I'm thinking about is um, is dignity right. Like we want to treat everyone with dignity. We want to listen. We want to you know as a university and a, and as extension faculty and staff. Yeah, to really meet those needs. So what are some of the current initiatives of IFAS Extension to meet some more of the community needs, to be more inclusive, to be more diverse, to really account for the diversity of the state of Florida? What are some of the current uh, initiatives and, and what are your future plans and your goals? You know, what would you like to see happen as well? So I think some of the current initiatives, uh, and obviously with, with me being relatively new, it, uh, I'm, I'm catching on to some of the things that they're take that's taking place. But some of the current initiatives, there's the uh, the civic initiative, which is a relationship with FAMU, where uh, communities are in essence are coming together uh, around racial understanding. I think those are important initiatives where uh, where it creates an opportunity for dialogue and conversation. There are a number of others in our various districts in terms of uh, efforts that are taking place as we move and, and continue to move forward. Some things that, that cross my mind and some things that I, I am uh, will really be kind of stressing as we continue to move forward is things such as creating greater space, more space, really having more communities of practice and affinity groups. Uh, where we're bringing together those who have a passion around certain issues and uh, those who have similar identities, bringing them together for a, a to bring them into a certain space that they are comfortable in, comfortable in, in communicating and having dialogue and conversations. Uh, Cafe Latino is 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 one of those other uh, initiatives that I that, that that I think is quite valuable, and we want to we want to uplift, uh, elevate those, if you will. Uh, by by really kind of encouraging, but also uh, where there's opportunities to provide resources so that they can do uh, certain things, I think is important as well. Uh, so looking into that, there's also an opportunity uh, to my previous organization or, or institution. Uh, one of the things that I led was called the Beyond Civil Rights Initiative. And this initiative really was the idea of going beyond simple parity in terms of internally, in terms of our workforce, but also externally in terms of those who who we're serving. And, and that means having greater conversation. That means being more reflective of the state of Florida uh, in terms of our, our personnel and our staff, and also in terms of who, how we're serving and who we're serving. Our The goal is to be, uh, to, to serve all Floridians in whatever capacity that is. We all learn differently, which means that there's opportunities for not only face-to-face engagement, but uh, virtual engagement, online engagement. So there's opportunities for us to continue to expand our reach and, uh, and our audience. So I think we have a we have a unique opportunity, and I think COVID kind of pushed us into that place, where now we have a unique opportunity to meet audiences that typically did not participate. Uh, for whatever reason, they they did not participate. So now we have an opportunity to really expand our audience into into those spaces to create opportunities for them 
for for the younger people to create uh, even more opportunities for them in terms of what we're doing in the space of STEM and, and, and how do we take advantage of artificial intelligence in order to benefit some of our younger people uh, to get them excited uh, and, and to think beyond what's typical as it relates to agriculture and, and start thinking uh, of agriculture as, as something even broader. Uh, where you can almost use any kind of skill set you have, any kind of interest that you have can fall in line uh, with what we do in, ex- in, in extension. So I think there's we have tremendous opportunity now to really, really uh, expand our reach and, and, and meet a different audience and cater to, to others as well. Yeah, that's, uh, that's fantastic um, insight. And yeah, I like that, thinking beyond, thinking outside the box, all those things. Is there anything else... Um, you'd like to add, I know, uh, we just scratched the surface. Um, it was really great talking to you, but I want to, I want to open up, um, it to see if there's anything else that, um, you'd like to share today on, on the podcast. So certainly I think, uh, as extension continues to move and, and to think about the future and think about, uh, how do we modernize extension? Our goal here in, in, in extension is really to be customer focused. And, and customer centric, which means that uh, we want to prioritize the experience. We want to prioritize the uh, our engagement with our stakeholders. That is, uh, we want to ensure that uh, we are meeting them where they are. One of the things that 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 I've mentioned on um, other occasions is that we would like to be the go to. We want to be the first the first entity that is called. When you think about the needs that you have, you know, there's obviously information everywhere at the click of your finger, but we want to be the go to. We want to have programs readily available at the drop of a dime 24 seven that when you need information, we're there. We have the information available. We have the people that are available. We have the call centers that are available. Uh, so we we're really uh, beginning to think about how do we push the envelope and how do we uh, be in position so that we are that that, that first entity. And we want to create an environment uh, where you see yourself. Yeah. What I'm hearing from you is, yeah, IFAS extension um, can be the go-to for, for a lot of, for a lot of issues, community issues, uh, you know, social issues. Um, and, and of course, you know, those natural resources and ag, ag issues as well. But um, yeah, no, I, um, <laughs> me personally, when people ask me, you know, Hey, you know, for instance, I had a family member say, Hey, you know, we have bees forming a hive in our house. Who would you, you know, recommend that I call? I said, call your county extension agent, you know, like that kind of thing. Because, you know, if, if that person doesn't know exactly what to do, they'll at least know, you know, how to refer you to the, the expertise on, on that issue, whatever that issue is. And that's how we want all to think. That's, that's what we're shooting for. I mean, that's our goal. We want, we want that to be the first, the first thought that comes across your mind is, call your county agent, call your county uh, extension uh, uh, person, and they can, they can uh, help you in solving your issue. I want to thank Dr. Andre Johnson for being a guest on Science by the Slice. We have two more episodes to come in our extended dialogue series. Be sure to subscribe to Science by the Slice on your preferred podcast app so you'll be notified as soon as they are released. 
If you have questions about the podcast or if you'd like to share any feedback, you can email us at pycenter at ifas.ufl.edu. That is pycenter, all one word, at ifas.ufl.edu. I want to thank everyone involved with Science by the Slice, Michaela Kanzer, Rachel Rabin, Valentina Castano, Sydney Honeycutt, Ricky Telg, Ashley McLeod-Morin, and Elena Poulin. I'm Philip Stokes. Thanks for listening to Science by the Slice.